Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. This is Father Richard Kunst along with Cindy Jennings. And we are coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, at the St. James campus of Stella Mars Academy. And it's uh, good to have you on Real Presence Live this morning. But we're going to start off the show with a little brief prayer. So let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with us this morning as we broadcast Real Presence Live. We may ask you to bless the, the listeners and our guests and all those in the back rooms that make this show a possibility. We pray that all this is done for the greater glory of God. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. And again, even though I'm not going to partake of it, at least not right now, thank you for the, uh, is it egg bake? Is that what you made? It's a Swiss bacon quiche. Okay. That's very good. So, you know, so now my last two co-hosts, Father Ryan Moravitz and Kevin Pilon, never brought anything baked to the show. So I appreciate it. You're already winning points with me, at least. You know, it's, that's why you're keeping me here. Oh, yeah, exactly. Although I said I was probably not going to partake of it. Now, is egg bake, is egg bake, is is that another name for quiche? No, egg bake's different because I think that's in a bigger pan and it's... So it's the pan size. This has crust. Okay, all right. Which makes it more pie-ish, which equals kind of quiche. Because, you know, back in the 1980s, there was a there was a book that came out called Real Men Don't Eat Quiche. And ever since then, I've never really wanted to eat quiche because I kind of took whatever the book said and... Not that the book was true or anything, but I've so I've always kind of like stayed away from egg bake, thinking it was like the same as quiche. Well, it's got a new name now. It's called man quiche. Is it really? Yeah. So you can have a. It is not. You're making that up. (laughs) No, I just changed it just now. Oh, okay. All right. So anything new and exciting in your world, Cindy? Uh, no, school's getting ready to get back yeah, in. That's Super right. Super excited. And what does that mean? That means that you lose four kids for a while. I lose four kids, and I get to get my house back in order and be busy again. So that's good. So you, okay, so, okay, we have to turn Cindy up a little bit. Okay, oh, so, um, so I would, so is it, has it been, okay, so in the background, for those that are listening, we do have uh, some construction going on at my church, and so you might hear a little bit about that, but, that, but that's exciting here. So, yeah. so you, you had your kids at home for, for six months. Six months. It's yeah. been a long time. Yes. Yeah. So you're excited about school coming back. I'm excited about school, yep, and it'll be, I think they're going to just do really well with it. It's been a long, long six months with each other. Yeah, oh, I'm We've sure. had our bonding time, and now it's time to get back to Right, right. Learning. <laughs> yep, it's going to be changing things around here. School will not look normal, that's for sure, no. in, in, in the midst of COVID. But it'll be good to have the, the kids back. What so, about you? Are you excited? that? I don't have any kids at home, so it doesn't really affect me that much. <laughs> but you got all your kids here at school. That's true. It'll, so. It will be very good to have them back. It'll be good to have some sense of normalcy back, even though it won't really be normal. So anyhow, so I'm looking forward to a good show, and I'm particularly excited about our guests today. And... Uh, um, I always like, as I was saying to our guest that's here right now, I always like having guests on the show that I know personally. And so Dr. Alec Habig is with us. Dr. Alec, welcome very much to Real Presence Live. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, Father. And uh, uh, Alec, maybe you just tell us, Dr. Habig, I'm sorry, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm a, a 
No, both. Parishioner here at St. John's. From former, yeah, former, former parishioner. Yeah. And uh, a professor of uh, physics and astronomy at the uh, University of Minnesota Duluth. Yeah, which means that uh, for those that are listening, Alec, Dr. Habig is one of the smartest people I know. And you wouldn't know it necessarily, but he's got the brains. It's, a, it's amazing. Uh, so, um, and when, it, when he said he's my former parishioner, it's because I moved parishes, not because he moved out. So I just want to make that clarify, clarification too. So, um, Dr. Habig, you know, this the idea of having you on the show actually came as a result of something that happened uh, just a few years ago that you and I had mm-hmm. interaction. Can you want to say a little bit about what happened? Uh, yeah, well, then uh, the the Maris Academy at uh, at St. John's, uh, there was a you know, a bright uh, was he fifth grader, something like yeah. that, fifth or sixth grader, fifth or sixth grader, okay. uh, who was you know learning all about science and uh, was saying, well, gee, why the science stuff is telling me that uh, that the religion stuff, you know. Is, is isn't there right what's going on with that yeah yeah and, so yeah and so yeah that's a really common fight that's out there in the uh, in, in, in our culture right you know, religious people think scientists are full of it and you know just some you listen to some scientists and it's the other way around yeah but, and i remember because the teacher came to me about this kid who was mm-hmm. like being like kind of a smart aleck and talking about whole you know there's no god there's no god science is everything and 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 I said to the teacher, I said, "Well, actually, I got just the guy to talk to this kid." And so, uh, yeah. So you went into the classroom. You talked about you know how science and and faith and science and mm-hmm. God intermix well. Yeah. And, and so uh, maybe you know, I mean, maybe you can say a little bit more about that. Uh, you know, I mean, how is it? Because they're they're generally even traditionally historically, it's like it's like you know, there's this distrust between the science and the religion. But the two, from the Catholic standpoint, are totally hand in glove. Sure. So maybe you can speak a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the, uh, they you know they aren't against each other. They just go about it trying to understand the universe in completely different ways that right. are not opposite. They're sideways. If you want right, to think right. of it that way. Right. And and so with you know with science, it's an important thing to note is science can't ever prove anything. When exactly. The scientific method is testing things. Does this work? Can, right. and, oh nope, that way. You know, that, that that that's not the way it works. Yeah. Uh, but you can't prove anything. You can find there's a better explanation. Right, and, right. And there, we're always improving our explanations. But right. you know, even you know, Newton's laws of gravity. Well, we found a better way to do that yeah, when, yeah. when Einstein came along. And and so with 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 God, you can say, well, okay, well, science is disproving God. And no, because uh, if you, you if God is omnipotent, then you can't disprove him because right, he could say, yeah, well. Like, right. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the whole the whole basic premise of the way science works t- just does not apply to, to to God. Right. And on the other hand, you know, religion and and I'm going to state something so in your field, but uh, I think when you do the rosary, there's all these mysteries that you ponder. Yeah. That by definition can't be explained. Exactly. That you have to take on faith because it wouldn't be a mystery. It wouldn't be a mystery otherwise, right? Exactly. And, and so that's exactly the opposite of what science does, which tries to you know, poke at things and, and, and show why, you know, why they don't work or what works better. But in faith, you have to do the opposite. So, right. so they are sideways from each other. They're different ways of, uh, different ways of trying to understand the universe. And they, as you mentioned, they're completely compatible. Yeah. And, uh, and that is, you know, the Catholic Church's teaching. Right. It's interesting because one of the talking points that we have just to guide us in this conversation is, says, uh, you know, what are some concrete ways that you can prove the existence of God from scientific? And I even wrote down in my own notes, you can't. Yeah, you can't. Because if you if you could, then there would be no atheists, right? <laughs> atheists wouldn't exist if you could scientifically prove God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I was going to ask that same thing. Oh, okay. Well, here, actually, the the sorry, I didn't mean to take your thunder. It's okay. But one of the the things that the thing that you said that day that yep. struck me the most, and I've used it countless times mm-hmm. since then, is that um, you said to this, to this group of kids, you said, "I my job is to explain how the world got here." Mm-hmm. His job, pointing to me, is yep. to explain why the world yes. got here. Exactly. I love that. I mean, I mean, maybe you can say that more succinctly than I just did, because how you explained it, I'd never even thought of it that way before until you said that. Sure. sure. Yeah, the, as, a, as a physicist, my job is uh, figuring out what the laws of physics are you know, and, and how, how they help explain what goes on in the world and as an astronomer in the universe. And so I can tell you a whole lot about, you know, why the, you know, gravity makes the Earth go around the sun and we get seasons and, and, and days and, and, uh, applying that all the way back to the to the Big Bang. Why, why we see the universe doing this, and so kind of run that in reverse. Where did it all come from eventually, right? Yeah. So uh, that's a scientist's job, is to use use, use the brains God gave us to help uh, understand the creation that he made in terms of how it works. Right. But not at all the why. Right, right. Well, you know, why, why are we here? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I can tell you how we're here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, just tell us, I mean, because you've done so much incredible work. I mean, I, we have talked in the past about some of your studies. You've traveled all over the world mm-hmm. doing physicist work, whatever that is. And so <laughs> maybe just say a little bit about that, well, uh, some of your work. I'm, I'm a very strange astronomer in that I go underneath the mountain to look at the particles coming from space. And when I was a kid, even in, in, in kindergarten, I wanted to be an astronomer and go on top of the mountain with a telescope and, 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 and look up. Uh, and I, uh, in graduate school, ended up uh, in Italy, just an hour or so east of, east of Rome, in the, in the Apennine Mountains, in a lab there, underground, studying particles from space. And uh, so I, I love Italy as much as you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, so, so I work on big experiments underground that look for the tiniest particles in the universe. As, as an astronomer. As an astronomer. Yeah, that's the, weird. Yeah, the, you know, astronomers think I'm nuts, and the physicists think I'm nuts. So yeah, yeah. In, in between those two fields. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever have like any disagreements or anything with other people in the scientific world about what you believe as far as, I mean, I know Mm -hmm. there's no concrete proof, but do you ever have disagreements with them on certain things with God or have you had a conversation with an atheist? (laughs) Oh, sure. Uh, Yeah. You know, one thing to point out is that the fraction of scientists who are, you know, believers, whatever, in in whatever sense you are, uh, is exactly the same as the general population. It's 40% 40 of people everywhere, 40% of scientists everywhere. There's no difference there. Okay. And so, of course, you know, I work with atheists. I work with religious people of all denominations uh, and, and, and haven't had too many religious conversations with my peers. There's, there's plenty to disagree about in scientists, science. You know, scientists love to argue with each other. That's, yeah. you know, I'm trying to do a better job than the next guy. It Which is, is good and healthy. It is interesting what you, you say because I mean, that's another thing that I really picked up on is that that there is this misnomer because of that idea of historically that they're like against each other, which they're sure. not, science and religion. Uh, there's still, I think, a, a mindset of people out there that, well, scientists mostly are unbelievers, but they're yeah. not. They're not. The, the guy who came up with the idea of the Big Bang, uh, George Lemaitre, was a, was, was a priest. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so it uh, goes way back. Well, even historically speaking, a lot of the big names in science were priests because they were the yep. educated ones That's back right. then. That's right. Uh, you know, Copernicus was an incredibly religious man. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of those guys. Um, so what do you say when... Um, uh, you know, I mean, do you have anybody that, let me, let me put it this way, because let's get a little bit more personal. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Is there any uh, people in your own personal life that might call into question the whole God thing 
It is you. I mean, because you, you and your family. I mean, at least you know you guys come. You're a lector, right? Mm-hmm. You're still lector. Yeah. I mean, you're such a such people of faith, but everybody in their families have different varying levels of faith. Sure. You know, and so, I mean, does science come into any conversations that you have with people that you are closer to? No. So, you know, some some members of my family are you know you know much more questioning. You know, why why are you you know, wasting your time with us? But no one has tried to make a scientific argument about that. It's just their personal degree of belief. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's no scientific proof for the existence of God, mm-hmm. but uh, how can people still take faith? Um, what aspects of faith that should go into their belief in God? Can you talk about this a little bit? The, the thing that strikes me is that, you know, as I'm trying to figure out how the universe works, it's so amazing how it works that uh, uh, the, you know, God set up the rules that make that run our universe somehow, and I don't know why. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to understand how. Uh, and uh, think of all the amazing things out there. That, and you think, well, okay, well, the glory of God in creation, you can you know, wave a magic wand and poof, it's there. I think, isn't it so much more amazing that, that, that he could make the set of rules which make the stuff? That, right. I mean, that's so much harder to do. Like the harmony of nature, yeah. right? I mean, the, the harmony of it. The, the, the harmony, but the, you know, the, the way it all plays together that... that creates all these everything from you know the stuff in this room and biology to the to stars planets little galaxies little universe it's uh uh it, it's all there and it's incredibly amazing and it, and it works one of the and we just got a minute uh, or a minute and a half before our break but just uh, maybe we can talk about this after the break mm-hmm. too or but just to start off with one of the arguments about against atheism is that you know you walk out into the woods and you see a deer stand you don't just assume it got there randomly mm-hmm. somebody had to do that you mm-hmm. know and that's the isn't that kind of like the traditional argument for the creation of the the world and how intricate it is? Uh, yeah, but it's that's a little bit misplaced because the uh, you know things that are really complicated. You think, well, gosh, how did that just get there randomly? And and the answer is, is it well, it it very well could have. It uh, there's an awful lot of time and an awful lot of mm-hmm. complex processes. And in terms of biological evolution, for example, we see it happening on the smallest scale today because we can tear up our dna and look at it and you let enough time go by and yeah you get the you get that complexity and isn't the simple simple rules of the universe to go together and out pops this complexity that's really cool yeah this is fascinating stuff we'll we'll um, uh, take a break right now but after the break we'll continue our conversation with dr alec havig about science and religion Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Mount Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. And we hope the future brings you here, close to home, at mountmarty.edu. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. 
We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. Does someone who takes their own life automatically go to hell? I'm Father Chris Alar. In 1993, my grandmother took her life, and for years I carried this burden because she committed a grave sin and had no time to repent. But the Church states that certain mental conditions may reduce the responsibility of one who takes their own life. You are only eternally lost if you die in an unrepentant state of mortal sin. And for a sin to be mortal, three conditions must be present. And one of those conditions is complete free will. I don't believe many people freely want to take their life, so there is hope for their salvation. To learn more, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost. And to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, Duluth edition. My name is Father Richard Kuntz, and I'm here with Cindy Jennings, my co-host, and we've been talking to Dr. Alec Habig about science and religion and how do we view science through the lens of religion. And so, um, uh, Dr. Habig, what... What would you say? Like, how does the how does Pope Francis fit into this? Uh, well, in a in, in a pretty direct way, he's he's our first Jesuit pope, and uh, the the Jesuit order. I don't know if it's their only motto, but the main thing they say is find God in all things, and mm-hmm. so that's uh, many Jesuits are scientists. Uh, the the Vatican Observatory, being astronomers, is, is one that I'm familiar with, and. Uh, there are you know priests and brothers who are scientists oh. trying to go out and find God and the rules of the universe and and the, and the creation that's out there. Yeah, so the Jesuits are really into education and science. Yes, and so to have mm-hmm. the Pope being the first Jesuit here, right? He's the very first Jesuit Pope. Uh, it, it it probably does bring the the whole science and religion thing a little bit more into focus for mm-hmm. a lot of people in the church. Yeah, now. and and in uh, your hero, uh, uh, Saint John Paul. Yeah. Uh, Wrote uh, wrote extensively on this. Yeah, on the existence of God. On on and and, uh, and, and how science plays science, in with right. that, and that, that they're not they're not conflicting. No, no, right. Yeah. And a lot of people because they bring up Galileo. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the church ex community Galileo. So oh, that's the, that's like the the main you know the talking point they talk about. Yep. When, but the, I mean that's a whole different ball of wax. I don't want to want to enter into. But uh, like you had mentioned before, we had the break. Is like so many of our um, uh, so many of our scientists that we hear about in the history books that were, were priests, and a lot of them were Jesuits for yes. that very purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that always uh, fascinates me is, is you know, and this goes with the whole thing, is just the expansiveness of the universe. And, uh, you know, I mean, so some people will point out the expanse of the universe. Say, it's ridiculous to say that a being created this because it's just too big, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, you hear every single year or maybe every single month that a new galaxy has been discovered you know it's like it's like i mean we just can't even fathom the expansiveness of the name of 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 the the universe i mean how does how i mean i find that stuff fascinating i think of carl sagan and his billions and billions that he would always say but you know i mean 
maybe can speak a little bit to the expansiveness since it, this is right up your alley, isn't yeah. it? And uh, uh, it's you know unimaginably huge, uh, oh. and but not not really unimaginably because we can you know measure things and use mathematics and and write it down and you know it's hard to conceive of yeah that's how how many millions and millions of miles away or light is going so fast and it still takes billions of years to get here you can say the numbers but it's hard to fit in your head right uh, and uh, but on the other hand the whole point of God is that he's bigger than anything you can imagine, right. you know, more powerful than anything you can imagine, etc. So uh, even though we can write down numbers that can describe his creation, uh, certainly on the, the religion, the why of it says that, yeah, okay, well, he's, he's in charge. Right, and we're pretty small. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we're we, really if, small. If we think we're significant, we're not. No. <laughs> we're, we're pretty tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, you know, I mean... When we, you make mention about how the we can't even fathom the numbers that we use, and I read, you know, there's a we'll talk maybe a little bit about books a little later on here, mm-hmm. but uh, I read in a in a, a scientific book and religious book that there was a, has been approximately slightly over a billion minutes that have gone by since the crucifixion. Okay. Wow. So just imagine yeah. that. I mean, that's when we think of a billion. When when you hear about our government spending billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. There's, there's slightly more than a billion minutes that have gone by since the crucifixion That's of Jesus. Cool. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about light, billions of light years, I mean, how do you how, you, how do you even gas, gra- you know, grasp onto that sort of thing? Yeah, you, you use, use mathematics because you can write it down and you know come up to you know make measurements and, and calculations and discover new things. And but you know having the same sense of scale is yeah it's you know it's uh, 10 miles between here and there <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you know it's not on our human scale so it's, you don't grasp it as well right don't wouldn't you i mean from my standpoint i would think that if you don't have god then you can just i mean we say this anyhow mm-hmm. from we just despair because if we're this tiny and this insignificant in the whole scope of the universe without god what's her what's the purpose sure you know i mean i think that that would i mean I don't know. That's getting out of science, maybe a little bit, but that's popping in my head right yeah. now. Do you guys ever see the movie Horton Hears Who? Yeah, that it, it just reminds me of that—the complexity of everything. the Doctor Seuss book. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And there's yeah. the little speck on the. Yeah. The, We're the speck. They're trying to save the little speck. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're the specks. Yeah. It just seems so complex, but so beautiful at the same time. It just feels like we're supposed to be here too, because. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, and it goes both directions. You know, the very, very large to the very, very small. Exactly. I, I do the know, part, particle yeah. astrophysics, and so individual atoms. Speak uh, a little bit about that. Subatomic particles, which are unimaginably small. That's incredible, yeah. But uh, the way that individual particles play with each other when we you know, use beams of things at Fermilab and collide them and watch what happens when you know, bits fly out matters on a really, really large scale. Because that's the way stars produce their energy, and uh, our sun is a star producing our energy. And yeah. Without understanding the tiniest bits, we can understand the largest bits. So it all kind of wraps around and the unimaginably large and unimaginably huge and uh you cannot can't understand without one without the other and that's the harmony of it isn't mm-hmm. it i mean and, and that's just you i mean that's from the faith perspective you can't even walk outside in the woods and say okay there's no god because everything is so harmonious god is so harmonious and, and you're talking about from a scientific standpoint i mean it's like you're saying everything you just said yeah. 35 seconds ago was like greek to me mm-hmm. you know and so it's like Maybe you can maybe you can explain it a little bit more to somebody as thick as me as to what exactly do with those subparticles. And- uh, sure. Well, the uh, uh, individual atoms composed of you know protons and neutrons and electrons, and actually the protons and neutrons are composed of of quarks if you break them down. And understanding the way that they play together, uh, it uh, it helps us understand how 
things work. The sun works by taking hydrogen, which most of the universe is hydrogen out there. It's kind of a boring place yeah. from a periodic table standpoint. Yeah. And globs uh, them together and makes helium, and that that's a little lighter, so that extra mass turns out an energy, and that's what makes the sun shine. And if you think about it here on Earth, all the energy we have except for uh, nuclear power comes from the sun, not just solar power, but wind power is because weather, <laughs> which is sun-powered, and mm -hmm. uh, burning coal was plants that had sunshine and you know, so on. So uh -huh. all, that, all that energy eventually came from this strange bit of we plug these little particles together like Legos in the, in the core of the sun. Not we, the sun does it, but right. we, we understand how it works now, and uh, uh, that, you know, that's, that's really cool. There's tiny, yeah. tiny things, and something as big to our scale as the sun, that, right. uh, we know how it works. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, it was it was G.K. Chesterton. I'm going to totally mm -hmm. slaughter what Chesterton said, but G.K. Chesterton said something to the effect of that that we're microbes feeding off of a speck of dust that's revolving around a small <laughs> star in an average size uh, solar system in a s small galaxy or something yep. like that. So we can never think of ourselves as that, as that significant. But you know, we have we have the brains to c try to figure this out and comprehend it, and the souls to want to do so. Yeah. And that, that that in itself is amazing. We're, yeah. not, we're not just microbes consuming things. We're microbes who want to know how and why. Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, just the way you say it, it should bring people to their knees. You know, it's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes you say things that make me really think a lot. That's, I mean, that's not that I'm a big thinker, but I, I, I love that because it's like, even you just saying that right now, it kind of hit me like what some of the comments you made in that classroom a few years back. But yeah, we've got we've got souls. We, that's why we say we're creating God's image. Mm -hmm. We are different than microbes, you know. But just on the scope of size is what G.K. Chesterton was saying. How about books? Any um, any books that um, you've read that might be good for listeners to take it at least maybe from the Catholic Christian standpoint in science, or maybe even not Catholic, but just sure. just faith and no, well, religion. Uh, one, of, one of my heroes is uh, uh, Father George Coyne, who was the director of the Vatican Observatory for a long while. He just passed away this, this February. And uh, rather than books, although he, he has written, uh, uh, just listening to some of his discussions on his, because as, as a priest uh, who, who, is, uh, who is an astronomer, he gets those kind of questions a lot, right? And so he's, uh, he's very good at explaining his, his, his faith standpoint. Uh, and so there's uh, a couple, couple of interviews, which, which I pass along to your producer. If you have, you have a place yeah, I, for links or something, yeah, where you, you can listen to those. Yeah, you've sent them to, uh, to me before. I've yeah. watched them because he's having conversations with like well-known atheists. Yeah, right. Yeah. That, 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 that's one of them, a very famous atheist, uh, Richard Dawkins. And they have the most, most respectful conversation with totally different viewpoints. Yeah, so yeah. Even if you're not interested in the faith and science, just watching people converse without shouting at each other in today's day and age is it's well no, worth it. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. Boy, maybe we should post that on the Real Presence. Uh, uh, so what was it again? It was uh, Richard Dawkins? That, that was an interview with, with, in fact, it was posted on Richard Dawkins' website. He respected okay. Father Coyne so much. Okay. Uh, oh, I can't wait to watch that. And, uh, and, and there's another one, of an interview with uh, uh, Father Coyne and, and, and brother, brother Guy, who's now the, the director of the Vatican Observatory, uh, Jesuit brother, uh, does asteroids. Uh, Talking with, I think it was an NPR uh, program uh, on, on on being, and, and just talking about their faith and, and and the universe and what they do and how they reconcile that. Oh. It's just good good you know to listen to, uh, and uh, more more accessible than most of the books I could think on it. Okay, yeah. all right. And uh, the more and more these days, people are watching videos of things anyhow, so it's much much more accessible for mm -hmm. the average person. I I'm going to ask a trivia question of Cindy. Okay, oh, do Cindy, I get a Snickers bar? No, I'm going to ask Cindy. <laughs> Cindy, you <laughs> already know this. Anymore. Cindy, where is the Vatican? Where's the Vatican's ob observatory? Do you know? 
It's not Vatican City. <laughs> You're right. You know where it is. I didn't ask where it wasn't. Oh, you know Hawaii. where it is. Hawaii. Why would you say that? Because of the yeah, great place in Yeah, well, I suppose, but it's not. Okay, uh, Doctor Haley, where is it? Uh, Castel Gandolfo, near next to Lake Alba, just that, outside of Rome. That's that's one, but there's another one in Arizona. Yes, and uh, on uh, 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 Mount Graham in uh, uh, in Arizona, in the high desert, uh, or not the, the, the mountain side. The desert yeah, yeah. is not. Uh, that's their that's their big research telescope out there near Tucson. Right, yeah, the one at uh, Castle Gandolfo I think is not really hardly used anymore, but uh, the one in Arizona yep. is their main one. But the, that, that's their that's their headquarters, and they have a, a summer school for scientists well, from around the around the world there every couple of years. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there any other any remaining thoughts you have in regards to? We got a little over a minute, maybe uh, in regards to just science and faith and how it's played out in your life and just in mm-hmm. general for listeners. Uh, the. Well, you know, it's a, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's a personal journey, and you know, in, in my professional life, it doesn't doesn't enter into, into things, and then my personal life as, as a Catholic, it does. Uh, so I'm I'm happy to be able to to, to talk to, to to Catholics about about it, uh, just because we we can all get along. We don't have to we don't have to be at each other's throats. In fact, we're, we're you know. This is this is a great reason not to be to be all on, on on the same page. You know, the scientist isn't trying to 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 get in there and and, and, and mess with your faith. Right? They they can't. It's 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 sideways. No. And, yeah. No. You're a, you're a, a good inspiration for uh, for people like me. I really appreciate it because I mean, your faith you take very seriously, and and because of what you do for a living, that that is all the more you know inspiring from my standpoint. So thank you very much, Doctor Havig, for for being on the air with us and and uh, talking to us about things that I don't know how to even pronounce. And so, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, th- thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks. Okay, well, well, thank you again, Dr. Havig. So after the break, we're going to be having uh, some straight talk. You're going to have your opportunities to call in and ask questions about the faith or about anything except for what Science. Dr. Havig asks, <laughs> uh, works on. Uh, but uh, that will be right after.